You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Rafer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, those are my dogs barking in the background. Nothing I can do about it. I don't don't have a soundproof room. Um, you know, it's not like podcast uh, money just, you know, buys you studios and stuff like that at the house. So What? Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, Kyle is out there in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to discuss. We haven't discussed the uh, loss to Utah yet. Uh, I'm sure maybe maybe you don't even want to hear about it at this point. But we, we got to talk about it a little bit and then also move on to Ohio State because it's a big time game coming up Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, and and the stakes are higher. I feel like now uh, because yeah. you know Kentucky's kind of reeling a little bit after. I I think you could make an argument a worse loss than the Evansville uh, the Evansville loss um, just because they I mean they ended up coming back and tying it, but they were getting handled yeah. um, on a neutral floor by a not very impressive Utah team. No, um, not at all. You know, the Calipari I mean, said they weren't big and physical. They weren't. They, I mean, they they got worked they, by a team whose point guard literally looks like he's in elementary school. Right. Uh, and it, Timmy Allen's a nice player, but he's a sophomore. Should yeah. that should Utah's sophomore be the best player on the floor? No. You know. No. 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 It's they should have they should have won that game comfortably. Um, you know. I think there are major reasons to be worried, but I think if you're going to, if we want to just set a, an early, you know, maybe not reason to panic is they did get open looks. They got open threes and they just didn't make them. And guys who are for their, for their lifetimes in basketball are, you know, pretty good to, to very good three point shooters are just not making right now. And so, you know, I don't know what's going on there. Cal Perry basically said, I don't know what's going on there. It feels like guys are timid. Um, but they got good looks. They just didn't go down. You know, guys that you would expect would make them didn't. Um, they had two open threes in the air at the end to tie it and send it to overtime. And, you know, yeah. Maxi and Quickly both, both missed. But, you know, you say all that. But at some point, you're just, you know, <laughs> maybe you are what you are. They're, they're 10 games into the season, and they are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. You know, they're like 27% from three. And they've had multiple games now where they've hit, you know, one, two, three, and that's it in games. And that was a huge point differential last night. Utah hits, uh, was it nine threes and Kentucky hits two or eight threes and they Kentucky hits two. I mean, so they didn't yeah. even go crazy. They didn't even go crazy from three. But if they hit eight and you they hit were two. They were efficient. Yeah. If they hit eight and you hit two, that's 18 points that you just gave up in the difference. Uh, when you only lose by three, you know, it's that's a tough pill to swallow. And um, I didn't think the defense was great for Kentucky. You know, Utah, they let Utah work the clock down. They played pretty good defense most of the clock. And then they just, without fail, leave a guy wide open at the end of the shot clock. Um, so there was a lot alarming about that game. Uh, Nick Richards kind of no-showed for them. He had a couple big plays but didn't do much. No. E- EJ mostly no showed, and then then like 
in total desperation, finally decided to wake up, and he made a couple big jumpers. He made a great offensive rebound, diving for a loose ball on the floor and getting the timeout that gave him one more chance to draw up a tying three-pointer. Um, you know, Maxie got a little bit of out, out of his sc- scoring slump. He didn't hit any threes, but he's made some other shots. Um, Ashton had a pretty good game, but... I mean, you, you've got you got to worry about the way they looked against just a not a not an overly impressive Utah team going into a game against a really really good team, a team that Cal Perry has said might be the best team in the country, uh, yeah. Ohio State. Well, I, I I hear it on the. I mean, I get that you know the three point shooting is not great. You know, two for seventeen. It's you know, and then the other team makes eight. Yeah, I, I get that, but. The other thing about it is, is you don't have to to be a great three point shooting team to beat Utah. I mean, Nick Richards when they threw the ball in there to the post to him, either he wasn't in good position or the passes were bad. That happened multiple times. He he takes three shots. I mean, if you take seventeen from outside the arc and you only hit two, well, you should have redistributed some of those seventeen into the post where Nick Richards is. EJ Montgomery came alive for a little bit of a stretch where he, you know, played nice in the post. I mean, they did win the points in the paint, 34-22, to 22, but you've got to get a bigger showing out of Nick Richards if you're going to struggle from outside. But if you're going to be a guard-driven team, if you're going to go with Ashton and Tyrese and Emmanuel quickly, then you have to make those shots. You just have to be able to make outside shots if you're guard-driven. Uh, or are you going to be, um, you know, relying on points in the paints, paint more? And I, I think Calipari is a guy who, like he said, he likes to see about this number of threes, you know, taken or whatever, but he really believes highly in the high percentage shot, the feeding the post and getting some baskets down low. Uh, and that, that, that wasn't going well either. So when you don't have it working very well in the post game with your, your big and you can't make an outside shot, then you're really in trouble. Yeah, I mean, that that is, to me, the biggest issue. I asked Ashton Hagen's point blank, do you guys know what you are offensively? And he was like, um, not yeah. yet. <laughs> right. Not yet. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think there's some big issues. I think in the more macro sense, you know, in the stepping out to 30,000 feet, it's more, and one of the things I wrote about today is like, you know, Calipari has not, gotten a lot of great shooters and especially recently and he just doesn't seem to be uh, adjusting his offensive philosophy to match the way the game is going and that's fine if you're getting the very best players and like if your philosophy Mm -hmm. is I want freak athletes who are going to just overwhelm people with that athleticism and they're going to put the ball on the floor and attack and they're going to dunk on people and they're going to block shots and we're going to you know we're going to out-rebound people by 20 every game. That's great when you have Anthony Davis and, and some of the guys they've had. But because they're not getting those guys, they're, they're keeping <laughs> no. that same philosophy, but they have unskilled athletic guys a lot of times. And that's, you know, that's an issue. You, you know, Khalil Whitney has been a killer for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been, they, they've, been a, they've been minus in the plus minus in every game for the last four or five games with him. Um, yeah, minus 12 this last Meanwhile, game. Johnny Ju- I mean, meanwhile, Johnny Juzang, who they brought in to be a shooter and they need a shooter, uh, isn't getting many minutes and he's not getting many opportunities. They're not like, they're not drawing up plays to get him 
to get him shots. And, well, you know, and when he entered that Utah game, he didn't look like he belonged. He immediately made two mistakes, and that was it. Yeah, and that, that's, you know, to me, with, guy, with a guy like him, you're going to have to bite the bullet and let him let him play through some of that. Uh, if you think he can help you, if you don't, then just yeah. sit him down and we'll just never see him again, I guess. But um, go ahead and help him with his transfer papers and be just like Jamal Baker and be shooting 50% from three at another <laughs> school next year. Yeah. Um, but you're right, there's not been a Willie Cauley-Stein, a Carl Anthony Towns, an Anthony Davis, even a Nerlens Noel in recent years. Uh, you know, you tried for James Wiseman, you didn't get him. That's a whole other thing we ought to talk about here. And we'll get to a break, and on the other side of it, we'll discuss James Wiseman a little bit and talk more about this Kentucky-Utah game takeaways and also look ahead to Ohio State and just how good they are when Locked On Kentucky continues. If you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays – Go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and uh, we were talking a little bit about that uh, Utah loss uh and just how kind of Kentucky just seems not to really have an identity offensively and missing pieces and that led us to to just mention James Wiseman uh who Kentucky really wanted who would be one of those guys in the mold of those guys we talked about Nerlens Noel, Willie Cauley-Stein, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis and now he's not playing at all for Memphis he's just foregoing college altogether signing with an agent and preparing for the NBA. What what do you make of that? Uh, I I say good for him. Um, you know, it sucks for college basketball, but I say good for him because you know the system set up where he gets screwed. The coach who paid him or paid his family so far has nothing happened to him. Hadn't missed a moment. He has. He's basically had the whole first half of his season wiped out. And then the most outrageous thing is, well, if you want to come back, we're going to extort you. Uh, you had no money to start with, which is why you had to borrow money from your coach to move. But to get eligible to play, you've got to come up with that money now, somehow out of thin air, even though you're not allowed to be compensated to be a player. So find $12,000 and pay it, pay back this ransom, and you can play the second half of the season. Um, I, I like that he says, screw you. I mean, I mean it kind of sucks that he's screwing right. his teammates, and his, but like, Good for him. And now he gets to go be a mystery. He only played three games. He's a great player, but he has some question marks, and nobody will be able to ask those questions now. You know, he won't get exposed. If he just stays healthy and works out, the worst he's going to get drafted is probably third overall in the next draft. And so um, he doesn't know anybody anything. Go go get your money, young man. That's what I say. And, and screw the NCAA because it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's it's from day one I've said ridiculous that he's got to sit out all these games. And Penny Hardaway gets to coach Nothing. his team. Yeah. I mean, who broke a rule here? Penny yeah. broke a rule. He was a booster for the University of Memphis. I don't care that he wasn't already at Memphis. He's a booster for the University of Memphis who paid a kid who, if your brain works, I don't care if, you, if they have plausible de- deniability, if your brain works, he was angling for the Memphis job. He knew if he could say, I can bring 
mm-hmm. James Wiseman with me, that he would get the Memphis job. I mean, Penny Hardaway probably didn't get the Memphis job if they don't know they're going to get the number one player in America. Right the out improper of the benefit was to Penny Hardaway. That's who got the improper benefit. That's who benefited. That's what this was all about. So, right. With, with him not getting any pit, but uh, I mean, this will be a topic for another day in the summer or something. But uh, clearly, uh, the NCAA has to has to do something and do something quickly, or else uh, they're going to continue to lose guys like this. And they're already they're already losing with the one and done. So now you don't even get them for one year. Um, but uh, yeah, let's not get into all that. <laughs> so. Um, you know, looking forward now to um, to this Ohio State game, Nick Richards is going to have to step up against Caleb Wesson. This, I mean, this is the big test for him. He's going against a big boy uh, and, and a guy, you know, an Ohio State kind of legend. I mean, the name Wesson. I think he's, what, the third or fourth Wesson to play for Ohio State. I mean, he's a kid who came back for his senior year and 14 points a game, nine rebounds a game. He's a big old beefy dude. Uh, Nick, this is a test for Nick Richards right here. Where are you, Nick Richards? We've seen you be consistent uh, in in these non-conference games leading up to this point. Uh, Calipari hinted, or didn't hint, he just came right out and right out and said you started to revert in practice, and now you're you're a no-show really in, in the Utah game. And here you go. It's uh, an All-American caliber player that you're going up against. If if you're going to be the best big man in the country, I think it starts right here. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you're, you're taking on the, the, the latest heir to the Wesson oil throne, uh, <laughs> dynasty for cooking oils. Um, now is your moment to shine, but, uh, no, I, I, I'm going to stay on the Nick Richards train. Cause I do think, yeah, you know, I, I don't, just because he's turned a corner, doesn't mean he'll never have any ups and downs the rest of the way. True. True. Um, I think you can. I think it could be true that you turn the corner and you play a bad game every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going back to the, the to the time where Nick is just a total non-factor. Um, but if he's really turned the corner, this is a moment for him to say to say that to the world. Because at this to this point, I don't know if anybody's willing to buy that he has. You know, outside of people that watch him every day, you know, anybody that's watching from the NBA, any national type people. I don't think anybody was is willing to give him credit for what he did against these no-name teams that they played. Um, right. But if you go do it against Ohio State and you go do it against a known commodity in the post, like Wesson, uh, uh, king king of the Wesson Oil Empire, then <laughs> I think you send. I mean, I think you send a major message if you do that. And people, yeah, I think it gives Kentucky a lot of hope if he can do that. And if not him, if EJ, if, if EJ yeah. could be the guy who scored 16 one night and 25 the next, or the guy who made those big jump shots during their rally and made the, the major, major hustle play to give him a chance at the end, if he could be that guy for a full game uh, against a quality opponent like Ohio State, that sends a message. If he, they don't necessarily have to have them both play well. But one of them has to. On nights that Nick and EJ are both not very good for the majority of the night, they're going to get beat every single time. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say if you if you if you looked at a game where they both played bad for seventy five percent of their minutes, which I think was probably true in that Utah game, then they 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 lost every one of those games, um, or will lose. And so yeah. 
I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I think Kentucky probably has the edge in the backcourt in this game, and certainly I think they do in the Louisville game, and so you still have some hope for them there. Um, but they got to make shots, and that's not happening. I don't I, – I am now very skeptical. I think Ohio State, of the three games they had coming up, including Utah, I thought Ohio State was the best by a good margin. Uh, because right. Louisville has some obvious flaws. And so I'm now especially skeptical that they're going to win that game Saturday. Um, and if it do, if they don't, if they lose it, and they're on the on a two-game skid, and they're coming back home to play Louisville, I think it will be a crazy atmosphere and a crazy game because Kentucky will be desperate, and the fans yeah. will be desperate to see them and try to help yeah. them, you know, m- win a big game. I mean, either way, it's going to be a big deal. But um, it, this, this is all interesting. Me, this reminds me just a little bit, not. And not entirely, but like Josh Harrelson versus Jared Sullinger. And just because the, you know, Harrelson was kind of the underdog in that. Jared Sullinger is the All-American. Harrelson's the guy who's, you know, just kind of come onto the scene here. And uh, But Harrelson had an entire season worth of, you know, proven uh, play in the post uh, that he, you know, it was a little different than the way Nick is where he's just got part of a season. But just it being Ohio State, it being two big men, uh, it reminds me just a little bit of that. I don't know that we'll see Nick Richards turn around and throw the ball right off of Jared Sullinger's or right off of uh, Caleb Wesson's chest. But um, anyway, the um, there are a few more things I want to get to about Ohio State, what they do really well, and some of the things they do that, that are going to cause – Kentucky problems, but uh, let's take another break and we'll come back with more here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. If you are looking for a last minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great gifts, shirts, and fun sports gifts. <laughs> Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast with Kyle Tucker out in Las Vegas. He's going to watch. Uh, he'll be there in person. He saw in person the Utah loss, and he'll see uh, Ohio State game uh, around 5.15 Eastern time following that UCLA-North Carolina game on CBS Saturday. Uh, looking at some of the things that um, you know hurt Kentucky in that Utah game, one of them being three-point shots. Well, Ohio State has hit 10 or more threes five times this Oof. season. They they average 9.6 a game, and, um, and their three-point field goal percentage is 41.6% on the season. That's eighth nationally. Their field goal percentage defense is third nationally, 34.6, and their scoring defense is ninth nationally, 56.7. Uh, that some of the things that uh, Kentucky had trouble with was uh, keeping Utah from knocking down threes and shooting a high percentage. And Kentucky itself shot a poor percentage from both the three. And then in the game, 41.3%, not great. Uh, and, well, that's a couple of things Ohio State's good at. Yeah, that's that seems to match up great with uh, what Kentucky's <laughs> bad at. Yeah, I mean, again, that the, the – the issue is when you play a team like that, you, you can win games where you don't hit a lot of threes, and Kentucky has, obviously, because of Cal's philosophy. But if you get in a game where the other team starts heaving them in from outer space, um, 
then that differential just kills you. You know, I mean, it's the great equalizer. Um, you could do everything else really well, but if they make eight and you make two, you're you're probably in big trouble. And if they make ten or whatever their average, right on their average, and you make one or two or three, uh, you're in pretty big trouble. So it, it, the fact that they have a big man that could potentially dominate and they have three-point shooters all over the floor is a pretty big concern for Kentucky. I mean, I think they match up really well with Kentucky. I think they match up really well with a lot of people. But, uh, you know, unlike Louisville that just has this glaring weakness, I don't I don't see that. Uh, in fact, you know, I see a couple of uh, solid strengths that really uh, could could hit Kentucky where they're not strong. Now, how does Kentucky beat Ohio State? We're not saying that Kentucky has no shot here. Kentucky has talented players. If Minnesota can beat Ohio State, Minnesota's a 5-5 five and five team, then Kentucky can beat Ohio State. So Minnesota yes. hit seven of 19 threes. So it's not great, but they did hit seven. Uh, Ohio State was seven of 20 in that game. So uh, the bigger story there was that Caleb Wesson for Ohio State was four of 13. He played 28 minutes because he had a lot of foul trouble. I think he picked up his fourth foul with about 12 minutes to go in that game. Uh, he had just six rebounds total, none on the offensive glass. He turned the ball over six times. So if you can bother him, and you know we would definitely not put it past Calipari to double the post like he did against Utah, <laughs> which didn't right. seem like he needed to. Yeah, that uh, seemed a little unnecessary. It was almost <laughs> it was it was almost like. I mean, honestly, maybe this is maybe I should ask this tomorrow. It was almost like Cal thought they were going to beat Utah no problem and decided to trot out the the Ohio State game plan early. Mm. You know, like yeah. let's let's work on what we're going to do to Ohio State. Um, and I'm maybe I'm Could totally be. maybe I'm totally wrong about that. No, but, I like where your head's at. Though. But that like, kind of makes sense because it's like what the same thing. It's like why? What is? What about Utah's big men? Have given you right. this idea that you need to double them and leave these guys that are lighting you up. Um, it was odd, so maybe that was it. But what stands out to me as I'm looking at uh, Ohio State's sort of team page and in Ken Palm uh, is all the bright green. If you've ever looked at a Ken Pomeroy, um, you know, team stat page, right? Uh, green indicates wins in the schedule column, and then over on the stat, the scouting report. Green is good. Lighter green is pretty good. Bright green is really good. You know, same thing with pink, pinkish red. Light, you know, mm. a, a light one is is kind of bad. A, you know, a really dark red is something they're really bad at. Or pink, I guess it is. And there's a lot of green and a lot of bright green on this page. Uh, they are top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency. They are top four in uh, effective field goal percentage. Offensively and defensively, uh, other teams only shooting forty point one percent effective field goal percentage against them. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, and they their effective field goal percentage is almost fifty eight percent. As you mentioned, they're they're uh, I think top five in three point percentage. They're third in opposing two point percent. That's an interesting stat. Opponents are only shooting. 38% from two-point range against Gosh. Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just from a numbers standpoint, and, and eyeballs also tell a pretty encouraging story about Ohio State, They that's a, that is a formidable opponent. Um, yeah. and, and one where you say, 
look, everybody in the Big Ten lost their first road game, and they 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 lost their first road game uh, at Minnesota. It was a weird one for sure, but they've also just housed some people. Um, they beat uh, North Carolina, which North Carolina is reeling a little bit, but beat North Carolina by twenty five. They beat a pretty and good Cole Anthony played in that game though. Yeah, beat beat a pretty good Penn State team by thirty two. Um, Villanova by 25. Yeah, I mean, they, have, they haven't just beaten people. They have housed some people, some pretty good people. Uh, Double-digit beat, win over that Cincinnati team that just beat Tennessee. Yeah, beat, beat, beat a team that, that won the league. The SEC just took it on the chin last night. Uh, <laughs> Bad a, Wednesday night. A very – yeah, LSU lost to uh, – who did they lose to? TSU, yeah. East Tennessee State. Yeah, Cincinnati beat Tennessee. Not a horrible loss, but Tennessee no. was ranked. And then uh, the other really bad one was, uh, oh, man. Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Yeah. They lost to, oh, I don't remember now. Yeah, me either. But I po- wrote it down. On point being, the league took some ugly yeah. losses, um, some real ugly losses. And, and, and it's pretty clear that, I mean, I guess that's one saving grace for Kentucky. They lost to Loyola. Oh yeah, Loyola Chicago. Yeah, uh, and and not not Final Four Loyola. Uh, it's a six and four Loyola team that is a hundred and fifth in the in the uh, actually eight and four now, but in the uh, Ken Palm ranking. So not a good. It's not a good year for the SEC. I mean, Auburn might be the one the one good team right now. Florida's been a mess. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the saving grace for this Kentucky squad that they can work out the kinks and maybe not get just their record pummeled in the process. Um, but to be but this it early, also means they don't have a lot of um, like resume building opportunities. Like this is it, Ohio State and Louisville. Yeah. And, yeah, that makes you know, these big. Auburn. That yeah. makes these big because uh, just for seeding purposes, I mean, I, I think this is a team that doesn't necessarily have to worry about not making the tournament. I think I don't, I'm not ready to go there with them, like that they're NIT bound. Um, but any idea of a, you know, a really good seed and a reasonable path in the tournament, uh, it's fleeting already. You know, you win these two games and you're okay. If you lose them both, uh, I, then at that point, I think you are going, well, we got to do some work just to get in the field. So you got to win one of them. It's a huge, I mean, it's a huge week. Um, for, for some guys, just for a confidence thing, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that it feels like they're really uh, kind of wavering <laughs> um, from a confidence standpoint. And they've got – maybe you just need to sit Khalil Whitney down. <laughs> I mean, you know, is it going to help him to go out there and play poorly um, right now? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't know. But, you know, the fact that Emmanuel quickly was, what, 2 of 10 uh, shooting in that game the other night. Yeah, 0 for 4 from 3. I mean, he and Maxie and Hagens went one for four, zero for four, zero for four from three. I mean, that's one of twelve. Yeah, that, two of seventeen. There's twelve of them right there. Yeah, you can't start three guards and have them make one of twelve threes. Uh, no. Three guard lineups are out there to score. Um, no. They want them to play really well defensively, which they didn't necessarily play great defensively. Just in you know, Hagens had a bunch of key pick sixes, steals, and layups and dunks and stuff, and gave him a chance. I mean, he didn't play poorly. He gave him a chance. But he also forced a few shots when they were, you know, when they had a chance to close the gap or get ahead. Um, he forced a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he, and he wasn't consistently 
great defensively. I mean, he should have eaten that little point guard's lunch from <laughs> from you know yeah. the first. It was like at the end when he when he knew he had to. A he freshman, did. by the way, he's a freshman. Well, yeah, a freshman in daycare. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's Ashton's a sophomore, Emmanuel's a sophomore, Tyreek's is a freshman. I mean, they they and highly ranked guys. Yeah, and you're, you're talking about yeah, a, a kid. A kid, fresh, a Utah freshman. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Not good. <laughs> was Not bad. good. I mean, they've got to get some guys. They got to get some guys going. Uh, Calipari, it seems like his message now. He said it to us in the in the post game, and then UK put out a video tonight of the team meeting in in Cal's hotel room uh, today, where he said, "I'm going to tell you what I told them last night, and that's that this team needs each other more than any team I've coached in the last several years." Um, you know, and I think the big point there is. They're not real connected defensively. They're not sharing the ball offensively. There's a lot of guys, you know, just playing me ball right now. Uh, and a lot of guys who are, are letting that offensive performance dictate their what else they're willing to do. For most of that game, Utah was out rebounding Kentucky. Uh, I think they ended up tied in rebounds with that late flurry. But, you know, they shouldn't have – if you're going mean, to – if your philosophy that's – that's the other thing, like – if you're going to have these philosophies, your team needs to play to the strength of those philosophies. If you're going to say, "I'm going to be, I'm going to just go get the all the best six six to six ten athletic athletic guys that I can get, skills be damned," then you better out rebound everybody and you better mm-hmm. block a lot of shots. And if you're going to start three guards as a sort of change up, then they better make shots. Yeah. <laughs> and and neither thing is happening when they go big. Uh, their big guys are not killing it on the glass and they're not blocking a ton of shots. And when they go small or when they go with three guards, those guys aren't making, aren't getting buckets. And um, they, so this idea that you, you guys need each other more than, you know, anybody we've had, uh, any team I've had in a while, that, I'll be interested to see if that continues to be a talking point and a theme for him. Because it, it is a it is a talking point, but it's also a fairly accurate assessment, I think, of what, what's going on. I, I wonder a little bit if, you know, losing Nate for how long they lost him, he came back and played and didn't play particularly well and didn't play a lot, but did come back. So he's back from his injury. Um, he was a guy who, even when he wasn't playing great defense, he was getting a lot of credit for helping them talk on defense, Yeah. Uh, for, you know, making sure teammates were in the right places. I wonder if that hurt the chemistry of, of them, you know, just learning, staying connected to each other and talking a little bit. Um, and if he if he gets a bigger role in the next week or two, um, again, does that does that help some of those disconnected things? I don't know. Well, I I, I got to say something about um, one of your tweets, or, or I guess you said something about Calipari said, uh, you know, what do you do now and. Or he was asked, "What do you do now?" And he just said, uh, "Just you know, hide under the covers, you know, for a few days or something, something to that effect." Which he was joking, and, and I kind of joked back, saying, uh, "Yeah, whatever happens, I'll deal with it." Which is what he said before he left, you know. Right. Um, and and you know, hiding under the covers is not. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> said, you've got, we've, "Yeah, he said you've got a." I, I actually didn't realize what you were trying to say, but yeah, he did say that before he left. You know, I've, you've got to come to grips with the fact that we might lose this. Yeah, um, um, which, but, but what I'll say to to his credit is what he does is I, I I don't know that any other coach does this is after a loss he makes sure to like tweet out um, the spin you know like hey look 
this is the situation with us. You know, this, I went, I got up early, watched tape, went to mass, worked out, watched more tape, staff meeting, then meeting with the team, film, prepare for the next two days, great practice this afternoon. You know, that, that kind of stuff that he does, I don't know that any other coach does. And uh, what I'll say about that is I, I think it's, it does a little something. It's it's smart on his part to put it out there to kind of, you know, get ahead of all the bitching and moaning that's that's about to follow. Yeah, although the one thing he said that probably Jerry tipped him was like, oh, I bet the I think the fans hope you're kidding. He said I'm you know gonna cut practice short so I can watch Brad play. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Jerry's like, are you you're joking, right? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, I think fans hope you're joking. It was an interesting <laughs> exchange, but uh, Brad did play today. Uh, Detroit Mercy lost for the seventh consecutive game, and they are now Ooh. one in ten. Uh, Brad played twenty-five minutes and missed all three of his three pointers, mm. and finished with three points. So not a great day, not a great day, not a great couple days for the Calipari's. And uh, Detroit Mercy is having quite a miserable season. All right, we should wrap this thing up before we go. One note on football. Joel Williams, if you didn't hear, of course you probably did. Uh, the four-star defensive back from Baton Rouge, he uh, he is signed in, in in this recruiting class now. So Kentucky added another four-star guy. Uh, he's from Baton Rouge, just like that Kelvin Joseph that's already um, you know transferred from LSU to Kentucky in the defensive backfield. And now they've got a couple more that they want to get. Uh, Vince Merrill said that today when I was hosting the Tom Lee show. Uh, he couldn't say who they are, but they are Vito Tisdale. Uh, and Merrill even said some guys that want to play in their all-star games, and that's what Vito Tisdale wants to do, the defensive back from Bowling Green, uh, who's a four-star by some, three-star by others. But he's um, he's a guy that is widely believed to be uh, uh, heading to Kentucky, that it's just a matter of he wants to announce at his all-star game. And then Michael Drennan, the athlete from Ohio, running back uh, that is another four-star. That uh, Same kind of thing with him, right? He wants to announce at his all-star game. I think that's right. And I, yeah. I, th- and I think I'd be surprised if Kentucky doesn't get both of them. So that right. would, they would end up with a dozen, uh, at least a dozen, depending on what uh, site you use, a dozen four- and five-star recruits in the class and by by rivals rankings right now, if you just go by average star ranking, Kentucky is twelfth has the twelfth best class in the country in terms of quality. They average three point five two stars per uh, recruit in the class, and that would put them uh, what did I say sixth in the SEC. Georgia, Alabama, mm-hmm. LSU, Texas A and M, and Florida are the only only programs in the league ahead of them. Only eleven teams in the country ahead of them in that category, and that would rise if they get two more four-stars. So they are they're in some rare air recruiting-wise right now. Well, and I want to say, say that I saw a tweet from Justin Rowland saying that uh, numbers-wise in the history of you know rivals' numbers for Kentucky that uh, it surpassed. Let's see, yeah, with Joel Williams' commitment, UK now has 2,037 points in the rivals' ranking formula finally surpassing the previous high of 2018, which was the 2014 class. And that class was ranked number 18. This one is currently number 19. It's not the highest rank, but it has the highest score. Interesting. Yeah. And with that, we'll close up shop and tell you to have a great weekend. uh, And we will reconvene Monday for 
what will be Louisville week uh, and, and Christmas, of course. So um, until then, follow me on Twitter and you can tweet at us, ask us questions, comment. We'll try to bring it up here at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.